What do you got? The Players Association? Uh, what is that? I can't read it. It's backwards. That's right. MLB Players. Uh-oh. I don't know if you knew that, but I used to play a little ball, Chris. I, You know what? I never saw proof of it, but I've heard rumors. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. You're drawing a line in the sand. Don't worry. I'm not management, by the way. We don't have to battle. Oh, people know my line. There's no line. It's just it's open. <laughs> there, baby. All right, let's get to it. Um, we didn't even mention this on yesterday's show, so shame on me for not bringing up the topic. But the Dodgers and the Padres did battle for the first time in in about seven weeks or so. Padres behind you, Darvish, who was fantastic last night, and homers from Machado and Cronworth got it done in the series opener. Uh, Dodgers, they are two and a half back of the Giants in the or two back of the Giants in the West. The Padres are two and a half back of the Dodgers now for second place. But give me the percentage chance that San Diego finishes the year ahead of Los Angeles in the National League West standings. Percentage chance. This is a tough one. I mean, I don't know. I'll give them a 25% chance they finish above LA. Okay. I will say this. I think LA just has a little bit more depth all the way around. They need to get their guys back. Muncie's hurt. Seager's hurt. Belly's hurt. Get those guys back. I'm assuming both teams are at full capacity come September. I think LA is just a little bit deeper. But put these guys in a seven-game series against each other, and your guess is as good as mine. I, you know, those top three starters for each team going against each other, the lineups banging against each other, the stadiums going up against each other, the fan bases, I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup if we do get to see that. But I think overall, the whole season, I think the Dodgers uh, end up on top of the NL West. So I'll give it a slightly better chance. I would say about 35%. So I'm going to up at 10%. Uh, the Padres so far have won five of eight matchups. To me, uh, the key guy going tonight for – for the Padres, you got Blake Snell on the mound, and yeah. none of us can figure out what's going on with him. Over six ERA in May, over six ERA in June. Now, he's been picked up nicely. Uh, Chris Paddock has seemed to return to form. Joe Musgrove has pitched exceptionally well, and Lamette is back, and they continue to stretch him out. So he and Darvish are going to be a phenomenal one-two punch. Uh, you talked about the injuries. Dodgers expect to get Muncie back tonight, Bellinger back tomorrow. Seager sounds like he's going to go on a rehab assignment next week. If you look at the Padres, Austin Nola could be back by early July. And then the guy that, to me, that is very important for them, but we haven't talked about him because he hasn't been there, is Drew Pomerantz. Sure. That guy has been money out of the bullpen. And uh, he's coming back, I think, from a lat injury. And those are tricky with pitchers. But they hope to get him back maybe by the right after the All-Star break. So if you're looking at both teams full strength, I still give the Dodgers a two-to-one edge, roughly. But I like what I'm seeing out of San Diego. That joint was jumping last night, dude. It was fun. That's what I'm saying. Someone in the chat was like, since when do we talk about Padres fans? Well, now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have watched any freaking yeah. games down in Petco since it's been full capacity. These, the place has been rocking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, way, I, mean, I, I like both teams little, a lot. They do the little flicker thing when they hit a home run, just like they do at Yankee Stadium where the lights go in and out. That always creeps me out. If you're a fan or a player on the visiting team, right, you're like, what the hell is going on around here? It's pretty badass. I like it. Yeah, it's good. All right, let's move on. My Cleveland Indians, a 4 nothing winner on the north side of Chicago uh, against the Cubs. But the big news that came out of that was that Javier Baez was benched. Uh, base running snafu, he lost track of how many outs. And on a routine fly ball to the left, he thought there were two outs. He kept running. 
Instead, there was only one out at the time. He got doubled up to end the inning. David Ross came over and said, hey, son, why don't you take the rest of the day off? He did. Is this a big deal or not? Uh, I don't think it's a big deal. And at first, first look, I, I thought it wasn't a great move by Ross just because of who it was. Really? The guy that plays really hard all the time. So there are times where you're going to – this is going to happen, dude. Like, it, it looks really stupid, but – Sometimes you're just going to get forget how many outs there are. And I don't care that he didn't try to make it back to first base. The guy was halfway to third base. All they had to do was throw it to first. Trying to hustle back like that is just asking to get hurt. I don't care about it. What I do think really happens, I started to read a little bit more into the situation and the quotes after the game. They've been struggling a little bit. They're in first place, but like they've had a little bit of a lull here. And now they're going on this big road trip out to L.A. And I think this is... This is Rossi trying to send a message like, look, we need to be perfect. If we want to keep the boys together, we have to be perfect and we can't have this. I think he probably took Javi aside like after the game too. It's like, dude, I didn't want to do that, but I believe me doing it to you especially will get the boys fired up. So after all was said and done, I think it's going to be no issue. And I think maybe what he wants to happen, which is to keep the boys laser focused, I think he probably sent the message. You know what? It's interesting. Here's, here's the Ross quote. I'm not trying to set an example of Javi ever. The guy plays his butt off and brings in 99.9% .9 of the time. It's not about setting an example for a star player that's as big a part of the team. He'll be better for it tomorrow. We'll all be better for it. Now, here's the thing. I did. Here's what I did like. He went up to him. He didn't berate him in the dugout. He set him down. And the thing I liked more is that Baez put his sweatshirt on and came back out. Sure. He out. He's a pro. He got out there. Listen, there's been times where Javier Baez has had some mental lapses over the years, and we've known that. Um, this is one, to me, that's inexcusable. Like my 15-year-old said, Dad, doesn't it say on the big board how many outs there are? Like, why should you not know how many outs? I said, that's a good question. So, Mr. Plouffe, how do you not know how many outs there are? It just happens. I've, I can't say anything about this, Chris. I've had it happen to me. So, But how – I suppose the question is, how, do you just lose – Dude, it's a – you play – You daydream or what? you play thousands of innings every single year and whether it's, yeah, maybe he was thinking about his, a bat or something else. It just right. happens sometimes. Sometimes the, sometimes the board is wrong too. I'm not saying it was oh. yesterday. Okay. I'm just saying things happen over that many innings played. And if you have a guy that's habitual with it and, or like is, is dogging it day in and day out, then you go make an example of him. I really think Rossi, and he, I, know, I know he didn't say this out loud, but I think he did single him out saying, look, this is a great teaching moment and a great time to a, – a good guy to go after to send the message I want to send. Yeah, it's interesting. By the way, somebody just put in the chat the Plouffe on-field slacker confirmed. It's funny. I did it. Uh, I, I did it when I should not – I mean, I had to be laser-focused at that time because I was a scrub, and I still did it. Tough. <laughs> By the way, there, there was something weird going on that inning with Bias because he got on first and – he wasn't taking leads. It was like uh, it was like he was playing little league, where you can't leave until the ball passes the plate, and ends up in the catcher's mitt. There was something going on that inning, and I don't know what it was. I know he struggled immensely lately, but still, it was it was really weird. There was something going on. Hopefully, he's we back don't know the whole today. story. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, but hopefully for my Indians, who have no starting pitching, by the way, after Savali left with an injured digit, hopefully they can figure out something there. <laughs> I'm started checking. Um, for substances yesterday how do you think it went i didn't see too much of it um but i kind of like searched through my twitter and to see if anybody was complaining about it and it didn't seem like anybody was complaining about it. it didn't seem like it 
interrupted the flow of the game. So I think it's fine. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's a hassle for the hem and the pitchers. Like Degrom having to show his belt and take his belt off is a kind of a silly video clip, but I think it went fine. I, yeah, as long as it doesn't make the game longer or like cause any effect like that. Right. So it was interesting. Degrom was the first guy to go, obviously, because he pitched the first game uh, at City Field in the afternoon. And uh, they were like, okay, well, he's making more history. So why not DeGrom? Uh, and then they were like, well, we thought maybe they'd do it to him in the dugout, but they want it to be very public. Well, I mean, if you're going to do it when the guy comes off the field, just do it on the field. Yeah. And it's not going to become a big deal until somebody gets nabbed. So that's all. You know, I thought it went fine. It looked a little uncomfortable, like you're turning over your hat and you're showing people your belt. And it was, it was a little weird, a little awkward, but it's, it was fine. It was. The umpires, the, the umpires don't want to do it either. You can tell, you know, they're uncomfortable doing it just oh, because, yeah. you know, I mean, you don't want to go up to someone and basically you're saying, you guys are cheaters. I need to make sure you're not cheating. Right. But, hey, they put themselves in this position, Chris. Certainly did. Certainly did. Uh, okay, up next, it's Wander Day. Wander Franco, the number one prospect in all of baseball will make his major league debut tonight at home against the Boston Red Sox. Are you more excited for that or more disappointed that Byron Buxton three games off the injured list breaks his wrist and is done for the foreseeable future? I mean, don't get me wrong. I am excited for wander day, but it is heartbreaking to see Buxton have to go back on the IL. And I think they called it a boxer's fracture. Yes. Fifth metatarsal on his hand. Nothing he could do about it. And, you know, I just hate that people label him as injury prone. There's just things you can't avoid. You know, the guy plays hard. Sometimes that's going to happen. And then a, an errant fastball to break your hand is something you just can't avoid. And if you look at his freaking – he's 110 plate appearances this year, Chris. 110. 10 homers, 11 doubles. Uh, he's one dot in his OPS. I mean, the guy has just been on a crazy pace. And mm -hmm. when he's on the field – it's one of the best players in the big leagues. Like, one of the best players in the big leagues. We need to see Byron out there. So, I'm I'm heartbroken because the Twins also, what, five, six-game winning streak? Like, they, well, could, they, could, they could get going with him, nah, with him in the lineup. They could they, get going. And now, no. at least at a chance, Chris, don't – they're not the D-backs, all right? They're not Ooh, the D-backs. Come on now. <laughs> okay? So, I'm very, I'm very, very sad to see Byron. I send him all the best wishes, man. That's nice. I'll tell you what's interesting is that he keeps approaching free agency in big numbers faster. When it, do they have enough information to extend him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just checking. And I would say right now they should try try to get him on a discount. If they, yeah. I mean, this guy. This guy. Like I just said, he's one of the best players in the big leagues. Yeah, he is awesome to watch. He's he's really figured it out. Um, I I can't get enough of Wander Franco. I've been reading every article I can. Uh, the kid seems fascinating. The thing I love most is that when he made mistakes in the minor leagues, they said he corrected them immediately, whether it was a hustle play or something he was doing in the field or even making an adjustment at the at bat. To do that at 20 years old is something special. So this kid is major league ready. I know I got super excited and jumped out of my skin when Jared Kelnick made his debut, hit a home run his first weekend against the Indians. He had all the drip and all the swag of a major leaguer, and then he stunk. And then he got sent down, and you laughed at me. And just like you're doing right now. But you know what? That is not the way it's going to roll for Wander Franco. He is going to be the guy. I don't know where he's going to play in the field. They can move him all over. 
I think he's a stud. It wouldn't shock me to see him go deep in his first series against the Red Sox. And I'm just telling you right now, I'm not Mike for hyperbole. He is the he is it. He I've been waiting for him for a while. I'm happy they finally pulled the trigger. I like that. I like that you said that he makes adjustments quickly. I also saw a stat where he was had more walks than strikeouts in the minor league. So that's right. very telling for a young hitter. Like I said, he just turned 20 years old. Mm-hmm. To be able to command the strike zone like that, that's what Juan Soto does. That's why he's such a good hitter. So you, when you're getting compared to a guy like Juan Soto, we're ready for you. All right, last one. I'm wearing my Diamondbacks hat today because for the first time in three weeks, they are victorious. 17-game losing streak. Bye-bye as they take care of the Milwaukee Brewers on Monday night. They stayed in the clubhouse. They celebrated a little longer than usual. Should they have? Or should they have just said, okay, we got the W. Let's take a deep breath. That's cool. And we'll move on to tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it's awkward. It's awkward. What are you supposed to do, you know, there? You're obviously very happy that you got a W because it's been a long damn time. That takes a lot of pressure off them now. I don't know, man. It's it, Like I said, it's just really – it's tough to know how to act in that situation, okay? So I think they handled it just fine. It's going to be a long year for them. I'm not – there's probably going to be another – double-digit losing streak it's yep. they're a tough division they don't have the horses man and then and they, have gonna... the cur- they also have the curse of talking jake so it's oh yeah just really going to be tough for them the rest of the year but i'm happy they got this w i mean the minute that they, that that jake started uh showing an interest in that team the and then came down and met everybody at a game and then like got got to deliver the lineup on social media oh they God. just should have started selling everything in the building because the minute that guy touches something, it's over. It's not like if they had brought Jimmy down there. For God's sakes, Jake is your team mascot? <laughs> That's where they should have made him the mascot instead of like an honorary namesake of their team, just making the mascot. He's good at that. He's good at making people laugh. Yeah, that's true. So they should have put him in the Baxter uniform. Baxter's one of my favorite mascots, by the way. That thing, that thing can get it done. So they just should have created like a – a furry-looking Jake, like with an oversized Jake sucks head. I don't want to go pour too much onto old Jakey here, but he doesn't even need a costume. The guy's a walking mascot. So, <laughs> are you saying like he's a human bobblehead where his head is just pretty you know, much. three times larger than it should be on his body? <laughs> his body's perfect for that. Yeah, although it looks like he's been lifting a little bit more. He's uh, he got swole on us. He tried. He's got some good calves. I'll give him that. He's got good calves. That's what it's all about. He's got the Mike Avilas calves. Ooh, does he have good calves? Avilas? I, I go, haven't noticed. Oh, go check them out. They're ridiculous. All right. Yeah, he, that was his thing was that he used to show them off. All right, what do you have working on John Boy Media today? Uh, we're pre-recording our Talking Baseball episode that will premiere tomorrow. Um, and then I got a sequence episode coming out today. Uh, I think it comes out at like noon uh, Pacific, 3 Eastern. What about you? Uh, so I recorded the Alex Verdugo episode yesterday. It was just a one-on-one chat. We just couldn't match up time-wise a, uh, a co-host with him, and he was phenomenal. I mean, people have seen him. They've heard him mic'd up. He is all about bringing the energy. He's got some amazing stories, and it's, the episode's coming out tomorrow, and I don't want to give this away. You will not believe what he wants to do at the major league level. He is – he has – put a task ahead of himself where he feels like in a couple of years he can pull something off. And I don't, I don't know if he can do it, but 
He talked wow. immensely. So that's, that's a tease right there. It's a tease. I'm just telling you, it is fun. He had a blast. We chopped it up for like 50 minutes. He was great. He was energetic. It's good stuff. It's coming out. Tonight. So, You've been yeah. doing great, man. That's a, that's that's such a fun listen, dude. I appreciate you. I appreciate it. The guys have been really good. The guests we've gotten have, have been great. And the co-hosts are just, they're all in, man. And by the way, we need a little help. Stephen Brault wants a new homework assignment. And so it's up to our social media world to give him one. If we pick your assignment, you'll get some John Boy Media merch. So there you go. Send it in. You can find it on, on uh, Rose Rotation. You know, follow us and uh, leave a suggestion there. Okay? Fair enough? Fair enough. All right, bro. I'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy your baseball Tuesday, everyone. See you guys.